Hello, I'm Rabbi Iggy, and welcome to Tattoo the Torah. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Tattoos and Torah. Um, thank you for joining us. I'm Rabbi Iggy out of the Truva Center. We have a fascinating guest today uh, who is going to um, talk about the things that she's doing, which are uh, really at the intersection of things that are Jewish and spiritual and mystical and metaphysical and a lot of uh, other elements like that, uh, which uh, if you are a listener, you know how much I love that. Um, I'll let her introduce herself uh, and what she does and how she does it. Um, but as always, tattoos and Torah is about things that don't seemingly go with each other, um, but uh, really do. So here we are. And welcome, Jess Perlman. Thank you, Rabbi Eggy. Hi, everybody. I'm Jess Perlman. Thank you so much for having me. I was literally just like listening to you talk and I thought, I could listen to you talk all day long. There's such oh. a nice cadence to the sound of your voice and... Who doesn't love a strong dialect, a good, strong dialect? It's uh <laughs> washes everything over. But right. um, but but yeah, thank you for that introduction. I was getting chills and I was listening to you talk about um what I do in Tats and Torah and the, the cross section the cross section of things that you don't think would normally mix, but when you really get into it and we take take away all of our preconceived notions or maybe some of the things that we've um uh, internalized that may not belong to us, but may belong to society or whatever, we can get down to our truth and our reality and the reality of things. And so um, uh, speaking of that, um, so I'm a medium and, and a Jew witch and a Reiki master. And so I essentially, when people work with me, um, they book sessions, they book healing sessions at the hollow. And the hollow is the name of the energetic space that I have been given access to, uh, where I, it's universally sacred and protected. And it's where I commune with spirit and receive um, psychic messaging and messaging from the Akashic records. And because I'm also a Jew witch and because I'm also a Reiki master, I have a lot of different tools. And I, I would say everything that's in my spiritual toolkit can be used during a session at the hollow. So there may be candle magic, there may be tarot, there will definitely be Reiki, and ideally messages from spirit. Um, but I'm not in charge of who shows up and what comes through. I'm just the channel, I'm the facilitator. So um, it's, it's really it's incredible work and it's really exciting. It's really exciting because I'm just as much on the journey with my clients as they are. I'm not quite sure what's ever going to come through. And um, I have to tell you, you know, my, because of recovery, recovery 10 and a half years ago when I got into recovery, really honestly, Rabbi Iggy, that was the first time that I understood service being its own reward and the concept of karmic service and the concept of um, how esteemable it is. And um, when you're struggling to build your worth and self-esteem internally from an inside out place, it's an incredible vessel for connecting and being able mm -hmm. to tap into that. And I've done so much service through recovering the past 10 and a half years that it feels, but I've felt very lost in my own sort of 
career or purpose. I was putting so much worth to things that um, <clears throat> I couldn't find fulfillment in. And it just, it's been a really long journey to get to where I'm, where I'm at and to, to be doing the work that I'm doing today. But, oh my God, when you're really, when you're really in alignment, sort of God's, per- I feel like I'm doing, I'm in God's purpose for myself. I feel like mm-hmm. I'm doing my life's work right now. Mm-hmm. And it's not that anything was important before this, but the way that I'm able to work with people and connect and be of service, I, I just, I feel connected all the time these days. Mm-hmm. And I heard you say it and I've, I've heard it before is that um, the opposite of addiction is, Connection. connection yeah Johan Hari said it it's uh, it's a so so f- to start with it so for those people who don't know what medium is and don't know what Reiki is right uh, in just a few sentences what is weed medium and what is Reiki totally <clears throat> so Reiki is um, the name for a, an ancient Japanese healing technique that uses the hands to channel mm-hmm. universal life force energy. And so it's energy work through the hands because I'm a Reiki master. I have three different attunements under my belt, which means that I can heal through my hands um, without having to put hands actually on the physical. Mm. Um, I can heal anything from the earth to plants, to animals um, in terms of hands-on healing. But I also have access, access to uh, the Akashic records and um, uh, essentially psychic messaging and things having to do information, having to do with past lives and healing. Um, and so Reiki is actually very powerful because it, it itself is the intelligent energy. It knows mm. what the person receiving needs and mm-hmm. it heals on a physical, spiritual, uh, mental and emotional level. And so I really am just the channel for the Reiki. I'm just a channel and it knows where to go. I've had mm-hmm. incredible experiences where whether I'm working with someone in person or virtually, I will feel my hands shift, fly. Mm-hmm to where they need to go. And so um, I really surrender that and I let that take over. Um, And then uh, uh, mediumship is a little bit different because I think a lot of people who become Reiki attuned to their channels open up and they start to to receive, to have connections to their spirit guides and receive psychic messaging and so on and so forth. But everybody has different experiences. Um, you know, medium uh, really coming out and titling myself as a medium was a very scary thing to do. Um, because, uh, I think a uh, Reiki master or Reiki, even as a concept, maybe it's harder to understand, but it's a little bit more digestible as opposed mm-hmm. to like, hi, I talk directly to, the dead. <laughs> I talk to the dead. <laughs> yes, I talk to we, the dead. We hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> I am able to communicate with animals and humans um, that are no longer with us, that are no longer with us today, or they're God on this plane. They're mm-hmm. they're they're no longer physically walking on planet Earth, mm-hmm. but they are with us in different realms, and they are with us energetically. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, um, I am, I am, my clients, um, report, um, 
that I have a, a, the ability to be extremely accurate and very mm -hmm. detailed with messaging mm -hmm. that comes through. It's a really fascinating process mm -hmm. um, to first um, feel spirit enter the hollow, mm -hmm. identify who the spirit is that I'm connecting mm -hmm. with because I have no idea who my clients are inviting in. It's a silent invitation. So the kind of the initial part of the process is just figuring out who, who am I talking to? Is this a grandfather? Is this an uncle? Is this a best friend from childhood? Um, if it's a family member, what side do they belong to? And I'll, I'll get, um, a lot of people have different ways that they receive their messages, Rabbi Iggy, and I'm, um, I guess some would call it clairaudient, clairvoyant, clairsentient, meaning see things, hear things, feel things, mm -hmm. all of that. I receive messaging through all of that. So I'll see visual like spirit will show me images mm -hmm. as clues or I'll hear a name or, or hear something. I've also had spirit tap me on my body when they were trying to show me different places for a tattoo um, that they, they were talking about. Their, their, their father was talking about getting um, a memorial tattoo and the spirit showed me the places on the body that he had the tattoos that he may want his father to get the same places. And then I will, my body will become um, a channel for feeling, experiencing mm -hmm. mentally and emotionally what somebody might have experienced or what they're trying to communicate was their mental or emotional mm -hmm. experience. So um, it's a lot. It's it's yeah. really incredible and it's a lot. And I'm still learning to navigate um, because not only am I receiving some of these sessions are really fun and uplifting and there's right. people connecting and celebrating. Um, and some of these sessions, there's conflict resolution happening. And right. some of these right. sessions are really can be very um, heavy because th this is a, this is the place where it comes through right. and um, it comes through for healing. They mm -hmm. are healing sessions. And um, so it's incredible that not only am I there meeting my client, but I'm there meeting their, their loved ones. Mm -hmm. And I get to be, I'm really just the interpreter. Right. I'm really just the interpreter and I'm, and I'm communicating, uh, connecting the conversation between my client and spirit, really helping right. them to connect and commune. And, uh, yeah, I can imagine that could be both fun and challenging. Yes. Yeah. Well, you can imagine too, like, you know, I may not always as a uh, spirit come. It's like, don't, don't, don't shoot the messenger. I'm right. just delivering <laughs> what spirit is saying. So if this right. is your uncle and you guys were not on the same page right, right, right. about children or politics or whatever. Right. So I'll often have to be like, <laughs> okay, this is what your uncle is saying. Okay. Right. And then I have to, you know, and sometimes messages come through that are um, clarifying Mm -hmm. things that have a little mystery around them. And so mm -hmm. there is a certain amount of tact and, right. and consciousness right. and mindfulness that I have to have around um, delivering some of these messages, right. Right. you know? You, so you were saying for right, so Reiki is a little more uh, palatable rather than a medium, right? Um, and, and in a way, sort of like, right, in a way, uh, uh, right, sort of like, What's a nice Jewish girl like you doing in a place like this, right? So like, right? So if you grew up very traditionally Jewish, right? Right. You're like Japanese healing, talking right. to the and dead, talking to the dead, which is a big what? kind of like no-no in Judaism, right? Yes. And I yes. can imagine, 
uh, right? I mean, it's funny because, right, I, I mean, I guess we'll talk about that, but like I had to come out to my parents as sort of like, right, as, as, as gay, but sort of like I feel like there's a chance that my mother would be like, oh, he's gay, or at least he's not talking to the dead. I mean, so like, I feel like... <laughs> But I feel that there's some, right? There's there's always somebody with with one extra. But but I, I can feel like imagine. I beat you. I beat you. Right, on exactly. That one. But I can imagine, right? Sort of like, and this is where, um, uh, interesting in this intersection, right? Because we're talking about right things that don't seem to go to right. Here's a here's an intelligent, capable Jewish young woman who grows up in a traditional house, right? Who knows her Judaism. Right. But then sort of like there's the recovery element. Okay, fine. But then right, then there's like, oh, and by the way, mom also right, I'm talking to the dead and I'm a Reiki master. I mean, like, it's sort of like right that this seems to be I mean, poor mother. But like but like but it seems to be multiple avenues of things that people will be like, Wait, how does this live together? And 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 how do you approach I think what is interesting, right, is how do you approach really difficult conversations like this with loved ones, with things that seem to be really out of the box on, on so many different levels? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, you know, and I, we've talked about this, but the, this this past year is the first time that I came fully came out, mm-hmm. not only as a Reiki master and as a medium, uh, and as a witch, but also uh, as a queer person. And right. so I really did drop a lot of bombs. And 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 <clears throat> this, this all didn't come out of nowhere. I mean, you know, my parents, my parents knew that, that I was a very fearful child. Like I had so much anxiety as a kid. I was so scared as a kid. And it's because I was seeing spirit and was good for a lot of different reasons. But I think that very slowly over the years, it's like my mom and dad sort of became less and less phased by how, Mm. how should I say this? By how much of a black, I always felt like the black sheep, right? Right. The, 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 the one that's just so separate and so different. And I remember when I first got, I think we talked, we might've talked about this um, on our live, Mm -hmm. but when I first got tattooed and I showed my mother and she was like, why are you still showing me? You know, like she <laughs> was freaked out. She was so like pissed. And it's funny too. I literally just had a conversation with the the cousin that I'm closest to. And he, uh, son of a rabbi, and he was have, telling me about a conversation that he was having with like his father-in-law and how uh, they were talking about tattoos and his children being tattooed and Mm -hmm. and and you know one of them was saying like hey you know if your kid wants to get tattooed it could be it it could be great it could be an artistic expression and I would support that for them and you know and the other person in the family was like that's great I'm I'm glad that it's an artistic expression for some people just not for my children you know like I would never want that for my children NIMBY right it's we call it NIMBY right yes yes you know and it's like and he was also able to establish like they're gonna do what they want to do anyway you know but I can't you know be behind that and the thing that I didn't get to the thing that I didn't get to say to him that I hope that I'll have a follow-up conversation is if he's open to it says to say that for me I totally understood that my parents, there was no way they could wrap their heads around. Cause I think a lot of these things that I'm, that are part of my authentic expression are just, they're things that my, that 
my parents just could not wrap their heads around. They just could not for a second understand like what, why I would want to be tattooed. Like, what is it like to, what's the process of, of being a woman dating another woman, you know, like what, like, um, so spooked, so spooked by the idea of me talking to the dead being like, yeah, I'm never going to want to talk to you about that. Like, I don't ever want to go there, you know, and, and, and that it's just so radical and off limits that it's almost scary. And there's this barrier immediately, you know, and I guess like, it's hard for me because what I look for in that process is I want to understand and accept where they are with it. But in the process, I feel disconnection from them. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I feel this lack of support for who I am and unconditional mm-hmm. love for who I am, even though they love me no matter what. So I was thinking back to that conversation I was having with my cousin and thinking, yeah, well, what if one of his kids does get tattooed and comes to him and has the same experience that I did with my mom, where she was like, I don't, I don't support this. What do you want me to say? Right. I don't support right. this. And it's so hard because it's like, how do you let them be who they are and also be like, if that hurts, like mm-hmm. it's so hard not to take that personally, even though it's not personal at all. Right. But that's another feeling that where I feel even more disconnection from my family mm-hmm. because it's something that I'm actually excited about, but they can't celebrate it with me. Right. And not only do they disagree, agree with it or feel differently about it. But in the process, I feel more, I pull back from them Mm. because I feel unsupported, you know? And so that's really hard having those conversations and like really coming out as who you are. And it's been interesting because the thing is, is I, I, I have to give my parents a lot of credit. They have really, transformed radically in the last six months since I really came out and started doing this work. My mom has gone from, um, I will never go there. I don't want to talk about it. That is spooky dookie. I don't <laughs> like all of that where she's, where she's, she's saying, I support you. I love you, you know, but you know how, you know, Jewish mothers, right. it's like, I support you and I love you, but their heads are like shaking. No. And their like right. voices are like, ah! the, 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 the words are the right w- words, but somehow you feel what, what really, what they're saying is the exact opposite. A hundred percent. It's a special tool that they teach you at Jewish mother school. We're like, we're like, we're, you're going to use the right words, but yes. your whole existence will say the opposite and they will get it. Right. It's a, my, my yeah. mother. My mother has the um, uh, right. The, the, that version, which is, um, well, you can do what you want. It's your life. You right. You right. The, you whatever decision you will I'm make. Saying, I love you. I will. I'm saying, I will I love respect. You. You do what you want. And it's you're your like, life. oh, <laughs> there's the right answer to this, isn't there, mom? Like, yeah. right, like, like, sort of like, yeah. I remember like there was a time, you know, God bless my parents for being like they were the and they were the black sheep, I think, of their family. Like they Mm. were the more liberal ones that, you know, I think with every generation, like whoever the black sheep are, you know what I mean? There's always going to be black sheep, but it's just different. And so, you know, 
it's funny. I remember they've been in therapy with me. God bless mm. them. They have been, you know, after I got into recovery, you know, there's, um, you know, dysfunction that affects, you know, right, addiction right. and all that it affects the entire family. Yeah, unit, it's, a fam- you know? it's a family disease. It's a family no, no, disease. No and doubt. so I feel grateful in that, even though my parents and my sister haven't always been where I wanted them to be. I can't control them. I have to accept them where they are. They've always been supportive and they've been to the best of their ability. And they've always been willing to show up for mending mm-hmm. and healing. It's like a family that loves each other so much, but just doesn't know how to like love each other right. effectively and in a healthy way, but everybody's doing their best. You know, and I remember being in, you know, in therapy with my mom <laughs> go and her saying exactly what we're talking about her being like I love you I support you and all of this and as in as I'm saying like I'm like telling her like a really honest truth about something and I'm watching her and she's like her head is like a bobblehead like back and forth her head is like a bobblehead she's making a lot of sounds like <laughs> <laughs> like that and I literally fun. stop and I'm like are you having a negative reaction to something I'm saying? No. What would she's you say like, she's like, no, what are you talking about? Yeah, I'm perfectly absolutely. fine. Everything's no. great. She goes, I'm listening. I'm listening, <laughs> exactly. Jess. I'm listening. I'm processing. I'm like, okay, because your head and your body, everything, everything you're doing in the noise. Because it looks you're like making, you're having a seizure, but <laughs> you look like you're dying. Like everything I'm saying, you're <laughs> extremely allergic to, and it's affecting your whole body. And she's like. Yeah, I'm just processing. I'm just processing and I'm just thinking. So it's yeah. It's it's so funny because it's it's hard and I'm an energy reader. So, right. you know, it's not always about what you say for me. I pick up on the right. energy behind something. And so, right. you know, going so, back to the original, right. yeah, go ahead. So no, so 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 in that sense, I think because this is interesting, I think also interesting for a lot of the listeners. In that sense, um does the energy reading or the the for lack of a better term the spiritualism of it does that help your your own self-esteem or can it help people's self-esteem to 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 feel connected to much larger right does that does that is that helpful when 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 one does feel right so like we'll say rejected but did not feel so like i'm not seen or misunderstood as as a person has that been one of those It's actually, it's actually been incredible for me at first, because before I like came out as a medium, some of the first spirits that I, I felt at least in in terms of my family were my mother's mom, my mother's mother. So my maternal grandmother, Syl, and Mm -hmm. then on my dad's side, his mom, Flo and his late sister, Leslie. And, um, I'll never forget. I, 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 it was after I received a spiritual healing one day and I was taking a bath afterwards and I felt Flo and Leslie visit me for the very first time ever. And Leslie was not someone that I had a close connection to while she was alive. We were always very estranged, uh, estranged because of, 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 you know, she was an addict and and she mm-hmm. had a, a, a tough relationship with the rest of her family and my father and everything. And there was this, this sense, and I still get this sense, I get this support from Flo and Leslie from like beyond the grave because mm-hmm. the mental illness and the addiction stuff that runs in my family runs deep. And for the women, especially on my father's side, the women have always been um, really reliant on uh, men to support them. Uh, 
uh, because of either not being able to get the help they needed for the mental illness or for the recovery or whatever. And there were just a lot, it's just like sort of this old story of sort of helpless, like sick women on my dad's side of the family. And that's something I started like picking up on through spirit. Mm. And this is why it's been very isolating for me because I'm the first one in my family to, to break the legacy. I'm the first one in my family to really actually attain recovery and long-term recovery. And Mm, um, yeah. And, and so, and, and, and that can be very isolating, but And, but being someone that felt so isolated from, especially my mom, first of all, I didn't know a lot of my dad's side of the family because of the estrangement and because my cousins always lived in, uh, in different parts of the world. And my mom's side of the family that I was closest to were all very religious Jews that I often felt like just, just very like, um, again, very apart from. So to connect with my mom's mom, who I always felt closest to her. So when she died, it was, it was it was very traumatic for me because she was the one person on my mom's side of the family that I felt loved me unconditionally and saw Mm -hmm. me for who I was. She knew, she really knew. And so to feel her reaching out to me and telling me that she wants me to wear her jewelry so I can feel Mm -hmm. her and feel empowered by her. She helped me get in touch with some of her jewelry that I couldn't um, find um, that I didn't know where it had gone. And then Flo and Leslie, a hundred percent supported me in my recovery journey and becoming financially independent, which is a huge thing for Mm -hmm. women on my father's side of the family is the inability to fully support themselves because Mm -hmm. there's this old story or this old belief that the Jewish women on that side of the family are too sick, are too sick um, or have chronic illness and chronic illness is a huge part, especially on my mom's side. There's so much, and you know this about with Jews and autoimmunity and Jews and health and stuff like that, especially Ashkenazi Jews. Hmm. Um, it's a, there's a lot of autoimmune stuff and a lot of uh, chronic health and stuff. So for me, it's actually been a way for me to feel a part of a part Hmm. of my ancestry and a part of my lineage, because I feel a part of Sometimes the people that are currently living and present, what you may be on different spiritual paths, you may not connect or become close in this lifetime. But the truth is, is that I have soul connections with past ancestors and blood relatives, and I have felt connected and seen and learned more about my family history from <laughs> my dead relatives than some of my living ones. Right, right. Well, it's helped yeah. me understand that I have a place and a part that I am valid and I am enough and I am worthy even on my own in my family unit, that I am not isolated, that I am not the black yeah. sheep. See, that's the, that's the important part for me, right? That, that, that I think for me is such an important thing to, to kind of like, you know, so like highlight, right. Which, which is one of the reasons why I am fascinating with, with a lot of this sort of, um, I don't know, we'll call it right. So like, uh, parapsychology or whatever or para experiences because i do think right if we are to connect sometimes for some people the ability to connect to the beyond whatever that is right whether it is reiki or spiritual whatever it is and to feel right because of that that we are worthy that i have existence right that my existence matters right that somehow right my ancestral line right um has made these choices throughout all these generations, right? For for us to exist, I think I read a while ago, for us to exist right now, in the past 400 years, over 4,000 people had to make decisions that result 
in just our own existence. being alive, just being alive. And that's right? so incredible Two, to four, hear you six, eight, that. Right? That's like, it, and, 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 and what's so wild about that mm-hmm. is that my internal worth, just my worth and my purpose, mm-hmm. I have been hustling for that and mm-hmm. try and working to prove that and not understanding it or inherently feeling it my entire life. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, you know, I was called too sensitive by right. my father as a kid right. that I was too sensitive for this world. I wasn't going to make it, you know, um, and it is that sensitivity that is, you know, it's like RuPaul says this all the time. We talked about this. That right, is right. your superpower. Right. Like the thing that, you know, the thing that other people, you know, it's often too, they're in they're, um they're scared by it. Right. They're scared by it or they're, they're intimidated by it. And so right. they, they they fear it and they, they want you to fear it if you don't right. understand it. Right. And uh, it's all, I think it's all protection. You know, it's not yeah. always coming from a bad place. It's coming, I think with my parents, I think always everything was coming from wanting to be the right parent and protect and doing the best right. that they right. could, you know? Um, but the worthiness piece, it's the, funny, worth, the big book, right? The big book calls it turning your liabilities into your assets. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. When you look at your, 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 your sensitivity your is the core of your strength. Yes, it is your strength and understanding. And what I, what I love about recovery is understanding that there's, there's nothing wrong. It's just, things are out of balance. When you look at your character defects and you take your inventory, it's just like, it's this concept of inventory in terms of looking at things holistically. And I was kind of getting it wrong for a while. I was sort of using recovery to beat mm-hmm. myself up, mm-hmm. you know, but it's like, no, no, no. For the first time, it's like, what does Chuck C say? Wearing a new pair of glasses, right? Yeah, yeah. It's looking at everything from a new That's perspective. Right. That's right. And I don't know about you. I was sharing this the other day with a dear friend of mine who's been in recovery for 12 years is that I feel like I've for, for a really long time, I was working hard to always put the new pair of glasses on every day right. so I could shift right. my perspective. But what happens is when you commit, regardless of how you go about it. So I believe wholeheartedly that when you are 100% committed to spiritual expansion of any kind, call it recovery, call it what, whether it's recovery of any circle of any kind, spiritual expansion that, um, and when we do the work, when we're looking at it from all different angles, holistically, that's what we're talking mm-hmm. about holistically. So mentally, emotionally, um, uh, physically, and on the soul level, mm-hmm. it's possible to go from a place where you're putting on the glasses every day to change your perspective, you're putting them on actively every day mm-hmm. to your eyeballs just change. You're not reaching for the glasses to grab mm-hmm. your new perspective all the time. You start to actually rewire your brain. Mm-hmm. You start to actually, your actual perspective naturally starts to integrate and mm-hmm. shift. You start to move. It talks about it on, when it talks about um, on awakening. Mm-hmm. You know, we go throughout yeah. the day and we pause and we, if we're, if, if we're, if we're unsure and we ask for the right intuitive decision. Right. right. But then it says what we, we once we're not able to rely on mm. our, th- on our thinking, but the more we develop our intuition and our connection with God, we start to build our intuition mm-hmm. and we start to realize yeah. we can trust Right. We can trust ourselves and our eyes literally start to shift. So we, we move from the place of being like, I know that I'm moving through the world with a skewed perspective. And I know that over here is the clear perspective. And I'm going to put mm-hmm. that on every single day as long as I need to. And then one day 
over time, right. it shifts. It just shifts yeah. and you're yeah. not reaching as hard for the new perspective. You right. start to walk through the world with those new eyes. And right. I really or, believe Or like me, you have transitions. Like transitions. I have a, right, right, like I have, a gla- I have the glasses, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm old, right? And sometimes, I, right? And they're built that way. That if you look down, it's like the one yeah. thing. If you look up, it's one thing. If yeah. you go out to the sun, they make it dark, right? Right? Like, right? I have like, right? You, you just use your glasses, right? You just need both. Yeah. <laughs> well, you find, you find, you know, what does it say? Um, I don't know about you, but it's like I, I know when I'm tapping out at a certain mm-hmm. spiritual level, right? Right. And that's that's the whole incredible thing about recovery is it talks about the failure to expand right. the, the, the failure to um, expand, to connect, right? to, to, connect to continue. That's right. And to me, I think as someone who used to be, it's funny because as an intuitive, as a psychic, you might think that I might come from a place where I know everything, but it's actually no, the opposite. I think it's the opposite. Right. It's totally the opposite. It's, it's the seekers, right? The seekers, the people on the quest. It's the one with the questions, not the one with the answers. Yes. And, and that's how, that's how I look at the world these days. And that's how I love to work. Even when I'm communicating, even when something comes in really clear and really hard, I use the Socratic method a lot in, in, in my healing sessions at the hollow, I will actually frame things in terms of questions because I'm only getting an intuitive hit. I don't right. know if that's the truth. And so even with intuition, it's always taking it into inquiry hmm. and sitting with it in inquiry until we know that that is the next right action. And we know it from a, a place that is so grounded that we're not, we no longer need to question it, you mm. know? But I think sometimes we're so afraid to, well, I know it's terrifying to sit in the unknown and sit in the question and not have the answer right away. Mm. You know, that's really always been a scary place for me. Um, I think this work uh, right. really helps me to sit in discomfort and sit in the unknown and not only sit in it, but become friends with it, you know, become friends with the shadows. Um, Shadow work is very important. We talk about this all the time, right? So, and it's funny, it's funny that you should say um, the Socratic method, right? Um, Because um, so part of when Plato describes it, this part of Socratic method uh, that is described as midwifery. Tell me more. Um, so when 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 Plato describes, uh, um, uh, are we talking about so like right? So like Socrates, right? This right method, and it was it was introduced uh, uh, sort of by him, sort of in 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 the work of Plato's. Um, um, I think it's uh, uh, Theotetus. I think right uh, in Theotetus as midwifery. Um, huh. uh, my, my, uh, the, the, the origin is, um, uh, M A I E U T I C S Mitikus, right. Oh, interesting. Uh, because, right. It, it employs this sort of method of bringing out definition implicit to right to the sort of, to the, to the beliefs that sort of we're, we're experiencing, right. Or to help them further their understanding to, to birth something, Right. And the, the midwifery of something is right, is how it's brought out. So, so, and so it has a very, the reason I, I stop it because it has a very feminine energy to me. It does, you know, in that sense. And, and there's so something like, about 
how for the fertility of it. Right. And we talk about the hollow is a space and something coming out. I mean, like there's a lot of this imagery that I'm getting around sort of around this. Um, that it's is, funny you know, too, because I yeah. describe the hollow as, a, as a womb. That's, right. that's how I know that my clients, uh, they experience every, every one of them. They always talk about the experience of feeling energetically somehow immediately very safe and very right. held and right. in this, and in this womb like, um, mm. place. And i it's funny too, because I'm someone that I don't really plan on having children in my lifetime. Mm. I'm open to the surprise of it, but I don't plan on it. And I'm very much it's, I've realized I'm very maternal in the work mm-hmm. that I do very maternal in the work that I do because well, I'm nurturing. mother is a verb, not a noun. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah, uh, it is. And it's an experience. And so when uh, it's funny that you're saying that because the fertility of it, the, 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 the right. I talk about the, um, the potential for healing, like what's possible, the transformation, the birth, the potential for healing is proportionate to the safety of the space. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So right. that that womb has to be nourishing. It has to be healing. It has to be feeding. Right. It has to be comforting so that that it can grow. Whatever right. is in there can grow and 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 be born and be birthed. Right. And, right. and I what I love about the Socratic, you know, questioning, going into right. inquiry, coming from a place of I don't know. Let's look at this. Let's get right. curious. Let's right. seek. Let's be seeking, you know, um, it's a sacred space. What I first was saying, I was saying, you know, the hollow is a sacred space for spiritual seekers. Mm. Right. And, and, and seekers don't always have the answers. They just have more questions, which is also right. very, which is also very Jewish. I'll answer your, I'll answer your question with a question. With another question. Right. Like <laughs> totally. I feel, right. I feel so, right. So, so in that sense, you're in the perfect insurre- sort of intersection <laughs> of, <laughs> right, right, right. Here's this like queer woman, medium, Reiki, Jewish. Sorry, you're never going to get answers here. You want the answers? <laughs> you should go. You should go to the to the cisgender male Catholic down the road. He's going to give you answers. Here you have more questions. Which is so and you know what's so funny about it though is that ultimately what you get, I think what people get from working with me is a closer and deeper understanding of themselves. Right. And I think what you get when you go to someone who just gives you a direct answer is a deeper understanding of what's right for someone else. Hmm. It's not hmm. always in alignment with you. Right. Because you're going from the outside in when you go to someone who tells you what to do. And sometimes we need to be told what to do. Absolutely. You know, sometimes we need that. You just um, need to be clear on it. That's all. We need to be clear on it. And especially, I think, for people that are first getting into recovery, you know, I don't know about you, but like, I needed someone to tell me exactly what to do with my life because I was a, you know, I was a Tasmanian devil spinning around with my head cut off. I was not integrated. My mind, my body, my soul, and and my, they were all in four different planes. (laughs) No, at the beginning, you have to adhere, right? And that's, you you know, you have to surrender. Someone does, you need to surrender and you need someone to take your hand and say, follow me, darling, because you're blind, you know? Either Um, that or do as you're told. (laughs) <laughs> do it right exactly do as you're told exactly and however i i say that i say that with a lot of love because the thing is is i think sometimes we can get in recovery uh we can make that person god and the whole point is for that person 
to uh, whoever's mentoring you is to teach you how to develop your own intuition. Right. They're, they're there to take, you know, for example, like a sponsor taking someone through the steps. Um, it, they're there not to be your God, but to take you to your God. Right. And I think in that sense, it's, it's a little bit like, like a medium, right? I, it's funny. I was just talking about it the other day, how, how um, one of the things I love about sort of like tw- the step, the, the 12 step in sponsorship and, and recovery is that you, you do channel right the the wisdom of your sponsor and their sponsor and there's right the, the grand sponsors right so there is a certain invocation all the way down right to sort of to right it's a lineage. Induct, right so to, right, exactly right the fellowship that sort of that continues of that wisdom right sort of right seldom have we seen right the, the, there's a there's a moment that you have to accept the spirits of right of alcoholics past right to to know that this will work and you have to surrender. Right. And, and whatever you your, whatever your addiction is, whether it's That's sex right. and love addiction or whether you're, you know, no matter what uh, it is, gambling, whatever, whatever the thing is, you know, and all that being said, I have been someone who was so scared to trust myself that I sort of hid out in sponsorships mm-hmm. and in abusive sponsorships. Cause some people miss, miss, you know, we're all, you know, everyone in, in, in a recovery space is there for recovery. Yeah. <laughs> so there's yeah. no professionals there. And so sometimes, you know, um, and I've been someone who behaved this way because it was how I was sponsored, but I think sometimes people can misuse their power as sponsors. And the whole point is, um, is to develop your own channel to God. And that's what yeah. the steps do. They, they help you. They help for me, the steps were, and Bill Wilson talks about the 12 steps of spiritual kindergarten. They're meant yeah. to be the very beginning to right. literally click. Cl- it's like, let's, we got a problem. We're going to clear out the wreckage of the past. Right. We're going to look at what the patterns are. We're going to start working on changing them. We're going to make things right. So we can sleep at night and walk through the world and be different people. And then, we just grow from there and we, we do, we do this thing. And, and so for me, it's so interesting in the past like two years, I've also really walked into and went through a period of feeling like, um, I had issues with certain things that were happening in 12 step rooms and on a sociopolitical level and all of Mm -hmm. this. And so again, like, and it says it in the big book, like we're, it's, you know, there's no monopoly. There's no monopoly. And there's only, there's more than one way to get recovery. And I think what step to be honest, I, my friend was asking me about how has becoming a medium and opening my channel to spirit changed my relationship with my higher power and my recovery. And mm-hmm. I was like, Whoa, yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. A really great question because it's almost like everything I thought I knew about recovery got turned on its head. And um, and it's just been so incredible to, to, to learn and connect with that higher source of knowing that there's always more to, there's always more to question and always more to learn, you know, and that once we get to a place where we're aligned and, and tapping in intuitively it can be scary to open ourselves up to things we don't know because we've been right. going by a book for so long. I was scared to exper- to expand my spirituality beyond the 12 steps. So, because... so let's talk about that, right? Yes. 
So, right, because higher power is one of those things that's very difficult for a lot of people, right? Higher power of own, own understanding. Sometimes I call it higher power of don't understanding, right? <laughs> like, right? Knowing what you know, experiencing what you're experiencing, right? The, the, the hollow, the spirituality, the spirit, the Reiki, the, right? Um, how has it changed your, your higher power? And, and in that sense, do you, do you have some insights into what that higher power is for you and, and perhaps even for other people? Yeah. You know, I was really scared to customize my program mm-hmm. because, you know, uh, and, and I'm someone that deals with a lot of behavioral addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, um, at first it was more based in substances, but as time went on, it became clear that, um, what was at the root of my issues was ACA stuff and behavioral mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, and For those so, people who don't know ACA, adult children of alcoholics. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So a lot of my issues were rooted in childhood trauma and mm-hmm. growing up in dysfunction and um, behavioral stuff. Um, my eating disorder was like the number one thing that I hit a bottom with when I hit mm-hmm. a bottom 10 and a half years ago. Um, and so it's, it's been wild to open my channel up and You know, I think I was saying it's been scary to to not go by the book and to customize my own program because when I first got into recovery, um, I experienced it as very much like this is the way to do it. This is the only way to do it. This is how we know to do it. And that is very important for a lot of people and especially for people first coming in. And I think for especially there's different approaches to different types of addiction recovery. Like I am not a true and clear alcoholic. And so it's different with, uh, some of the stuff that I deal with, you know, I'm in recovery from sex and love addiction. And so that's, that is, it's it's uh, navigating what that looks like as I moved on has really been like moving from a place where I'm going by the book to learning to develop my own intuition and create what works for my recovery. And so I say all that because as a witch and as a as a Jewish and as a medium, you know, we talked about this, the ritual of candles, the ritual of, you know, tarot, all these other things that I, I was scared to make that a part of my spiritual routine, my spiritual routine in the morning and the night was very like by the book, by program book. And it was like, how do I step into this authentic person that I know I'm becoming and have let my spirituality expand the way that I connect with God these days? Um, it doesn't look like your typical, you know, uh, AA from, from beginning of the day to the end of the day, I do fucking magic, you know? So I, I wake up in the morning and I'd like, for example, my sauna is one of the most spiritual. I have a sauna and it's like the most privileged medical treatment that I could possibly have access to as someone with Lyme disease and a lot of mm-hmm. chronic issues. It's the sauna is something that keeps me detoxified and alive because mm-hmm. my body doesn't detoxify very well. And that's talk about, that's something that started as something for my physical health. It turns out it's one of the most incredible things for my soul and my mental, my emotional health. And so like that is a ritualistic place for me that I incorporate into my 
spiritual mm-hmm. practice, the tarot, the candle magic. When I write, um, when I write in the morning, I write artist pages. When I, when I, when I journal, I sometimes write to spirit and, um, and sometimes my meditation looks like actually communicating to specific spirit guides of mm-hmm. mine. Whereas before I may have just been opening myself up with a third step prayer or to God or to this and that, but I have specific spirit guides. I turn to my cat, Bob for specific things. My, uh, my grandpa, Bernie, my mom's, um, late father helps me with my dating life. Um, because he, you know, he thinks I'm fucking out of my mind, which I am when it comes to my, <laughs> which I have been when it comes to my dating life and bless Bernie, you know, he was a, you know, conservative Jewish optometrist. Okay. And he's, you know, he and my sill, you know, we're just lifelong sweethearts, you know, just like such lifelong sweethearts, just a beautiful, beautiful couple. And I never connect. I, Bernie died when I was 10. He died. I think he died when I was 10, uh, like before my bat mitzvah. I remember I lost both of my grandfathers a, a mm. month and a half within each other in the same year as that I was 12, right before I was becoming bat mitzvah. And I was so upset. And I feel there should be an app, by the way. I think there should be a dating app. Um, <laughs> Uncle Bernie tells you. Let's ask Grandpa Bernie. <laughs> exactly. Ask, ask that's exactly. Ask Grandpa Bernie. I feel. I feel oh like God. that's. It's so uh, great because I will literally be like, Bernie, what do you think of this guy? And, eh. You know, and he'll tell me he'll. What does he do for a tea. living? Yeah. Is he a Jew? <laughs> exactly, exactly. What's his name? What's his father's name? Where was he? Oh, Boston. Like, let me wait. Exactly. Hell, just let me let me check. Let me check. Right, sort of like, hey. Uh, you there, right? <laughs> let me go back to the hollow and ask, and uh, let me talk to his grandfather. Let me talk to you. When you need some dating advice, come talk to Bernie. That's fine. And like, and Bob, <laughs> Bob is when I was, when he was alive, you know, uh, I'm suf- someone that has suffered from, pan- you know, panic attacks for a, for a lot on and off for a lot of my life. And Bob used to know when I was having anxiety or having a panic attack and he would come and sit on my chest. And talk about a healer, this cat. And he would sit on my chest so that I could have weight on my chest, just like an anxiety blanket, right? And so you know what I do when I have panic attacks these days or if I'm feeling anxiety coming on? I take my anxiety blanket and then I call on Bob. And Mm. I tap the back of my neck twice, one, two, because I have a tattoo back there for Bob. And he told me when he died that if I ever needed him to to be with me energetically Mm. immediately, one, two. Tap, tap the back of my neck. He comes immediately and I feel him on my chest. And he'll, he, you know, it's taken my other two cats years to get, you know, snuggly with me in my face. And even Freya, the two-year-old, she likes to put her butt in my face first. And I'm like, I'm trying to snuggle with your face. Not your, she likes to present the, she's always like presenting the butt. And I'm like, okay. I, sometimes you just need a cat that's going to put their. Maybe she's their, uh, the same recovery group that you do. <laughs> And I understand the I mean, presentation. Of, I understand like, the presentation of exactly. the Exactly. Listen, she's my daughter. What can I say? <laughs> like mother, like daughter. But I sometimes you just need you sometimes you just need a Bob right. to, to, to burrow your face in. And Bob's no longer with me physically, mm. but he's with me energetically when I call right. on him. And so there's times where I have felt like I was reaching out to a higher power that didn't feel tangible to me. Right. And I actually have very specific guides that I can reach out to um, that I can call on for that. So, so when I, I, I rarely feel alone 
anymore. Mm -hmm. That feeling of like, I know I am never alone. If I'm feeling alone, it's because I'm perceiving I'm alone or I'm Mm -hmm. not interested in opening up to what's around me. And sometimes we're not, we don't want to open up. Sometimes we need to like, Oh, you know, no, no. But I think that's important, right? If I'm, if I'm feeling alone, that means I'm disconnecting because otherwise I would not be feeling alone, right? Because otherwise, because I'm never alone, really. The reality is what's happening in the different all around us beyond what we can see um, is really incredible. It's radical. Yeah, it's pretty crowded, we are I think, never. Right? It's what? It's pretty crowded. Pretty crowded it's I think. super crowded. It's super crowded. This is like Disneyland on crack 24 seven everywhere around us um, before the pandemic. Now you now it's like 20 yeah. percent occupied with masks anyway. Disneyland. How do you turn? How do you turn off, Jess? Right, right. Because, like, right, you're feeling all these things. How do you? And, and I'm asking this for for both the sort of the spiritual point of view, but also sort of new recovery view, right? Because a lot of us, and I do think that a lot of people in recovery or a lot of people who have addictions are very sensitive. I think that there's a a correlation oh, yeah. between the sense of sensitivity and seeing the world and what it is, uh, but experiencing for the world for how it is, and and I think that creates a lot of. Uh, spiritual pain in a lot of people, which I think why there's so many creatives in recovery. So how do you, how do you shut it off when the world becomes too much? Right. When, right. um, Yeah. What do you do? I think it's really important to understand that just because you're spiritually expanding doesn't mean, you know, we're saints. And that's, 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 you know, the book talks about that. Like we're not, Mm -hmm. there's no, and, and I actually don't strive for, you know, I used to look at like, character defects and just, you know, striving for, um, an, an ideal way of being, but I actually yeah. don't do that anymore. I really, ex- I really strive for the spirituality of imperfection mm-hmm. and it, I let great it book. be okay. I love that. Yes. Yeah, and it's book. one of the, it's one of the, um, I don't know if you've read it, but I channeled a prayer called the reverence prayer mm-hmm. and it's on my, it's, it's on my Instagram page. Um, but it's a prayer that I channeled. And one of the lines is, um, you know, today we, we celebrate the spirituality of imperfection mm-hmm. and, and, it's so important to know that it's okay to check out from time to time. We're not supposed right. to be, we're not supposed to be on and popping 24 seven. In fact, our, my system needs so much rest and rejuvenation and I need to be able to calm my central nervous system and, and calm the, um, you know, we're consuming so much. We consume so much mentally, mm-hmm. emotionally, physically, a lot of times, I, when I check out, I need to consume stuff that allows me to soothe and relax. And sometimes I need to not consume anything at all. And so sometimes for me, turning off um, looks like uh, getting into the sauna. And if I feel something or someone, I just say I'm not available. You know, I just let spirit know that I'm not available. For example, if, if I'm about to go into session in like two hours and a spirit shows up early, I let them know you got to wait for me in the hollow. I'll be with you in two hours, you know? And also too, like, I'm not always, I'm not always moving through the world, walking around, like I'm seeking, I'm ready. Like that's, we we're meant to know things when we're meant to know them too. That's part of the process of this, of spiritual growth is sitting in a lot of unknown and, mm-hmm. and being comfortable seeking and not knowing the answers and like not seeking, you know, like right, right. not, not, not actively. Um, seeking looks like a lot of different things. It can be very non-active. And I think that our understanding, my understanding, especially in the society of just like hustling for your worth and working mm-hmm. and proving and all of this, um, 
we don't realize how much this is why I did that, that workshop called interface. We don't understand. We we're always looking at what's changing, what's transforming uh, as a point of being like, this is how well we're doing. And mm-hmm. we're missing the juiciness of what happens when we actually unplug and we, and we marinate. And so for me, um, turning off and unplugging can a, a huge thing that really I love to do is be in nature. It's so important for me mm-hmm. to just be in nature, um, to put my feet in the ocean and, and, um, tune into that. It's funny. I took a trip, a road trip to Aspen, um, in March with one of my dearest friends. And I really thought I was going to be going on this, like, nature journey Mm. and I was going to get crazy messages from all of my guides. And it was going to be this, this one week long, like really like I'm going to learn some deep shit. Okay. (laughs) And when I got there, my mind was really quiet. I wasn't Mm. getting any messaging, nothing. And Mm. I was like, what's going on? And I asked my spirit guides and the answer that I got was you need a vacation. Right. Right. We're not, we're not, you the, go to the jacuzzi every right. day. Go enjoy go, yourself. Go, go, go enjoy yourself. Go be in the hot springs. Go take a, the gondola up to the top of the mountain and go look at the Rocky mountain range that's behind mm-hmm. that mountain that you can't see. And my, it's like my guides know they, they, they're looking out for me too. You know, they, mm-hmm. they're looking out for my highest good and what I need. Right. And so I have to trust when there aren't messages coming, that there aren't right. messages coming that I right. get to just sit and relax right. and rest. And that's so important too. That's so important what, too. Right. What, what are, I guess, what are the, what are your greatest insights from, from this work? <sighs> Um, something that I have learned is that some souls, um, can experience radical transformation after death. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've also experienced that some souls, um, uh, stay in karmic patterns. They, 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 they don't do, they don't necessarily have radical spiritual growth right after death. Um, and so far that I see, um, One of the greatest insights that I've gained too is that um, when a client is coming to me for healing, it often can end up healing the spirit that comes through. Mm. So um, I've had quite a few different client sessions where a few different spirits came through and one of them may have been a relative that they did not know very well Mm. or have a lot of information about, but that there was a connection between them that they just never got to explore. And, um, a lot of times spirit will come through for a client where they weren't that close, but there's a message to deliver or something for them to know about the connection there, something for them to know about the family and their understanding around the family. And this can be incredibly healing for the spirit hmm. um, because sometimes it sort of feels like I had a friend describe it as like someone trying to poke through the message, the matrix to deliver a message. Like one time I had a father show up an hour before a session with a client that I had never met before. And I did not know, but they were in really gnarly conflict when he died. 
her father and her. They were not in communication and they were in a lot of conflict when he died. Mm -hmm. And he showed up an hour before her session, very anxious, like clearly wanting to do some conflict resolution. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing to see that the healing doesn't always look like, okay, we, we, we're going to fix the relationship in the session at the hollow. Like the healing there was, he got to say things that he never got to say. He got to apologize for some things and take ownership for some things that he never did in his lifetime. And she got to say some things that he never really heard. And, and by the end of that session, you know, I remember her saying like, he does know that I love him. Right. And she just broke down crying because what was underneath all of those years of not talking was love and hurt Mm -hmm. between Mm -hmm. both of them. Mm -hmm. And that session got to end with, even though there was so much, um, misalignment between them that there was there was love that was Mm -hmm. accessible and there was healing that happened there Mm -hmm. um and so that i think that's been one of the most mind-blowing things that is realizing how much it can heal both (laughs) energy entities the ones that are alive and the ones that are not and um apparently i'm quite psychic because a lot of things that I see that might be coming forward, that might be coming for people. I have clients that's been incredible too, is clients telling me like, Oh my God, I got the tattoo apprenticeship. You told me Mm -hmm. I was going to get offered when I moved to Portland and I never would have put myself out there to ask, to say that I was wanting to become a tattoo artist. If you hadn't said that I might easily get an apprenticeship, which is something that is very hard to receive, you Mm -hmm. know, just throw out apprenticeships to people. But I saw that there was an opportunity that might be there. And so I invited her to put herself out there in a way that she may have been too afraid to, Mm -hmm. um, it's almost like a, a little bit of faith, a little bit of right, extra support, right. Right. you know, and it's not that I'm saying this is going to happen, but it's almost like that support of like, there's right. a different outcome. If you don't apply, it's for sure. If not you don't happen. exactly. And so what happens is I see the potential and I get these callings about potential things that could happen that people, if they made a few shifts and made themselves available for it. Mm-hmm. And every time that happens with a client, they'll come back a month, two months, whatever later and be like, holy shit, that thing happened. And I put myself out there and this and that. Another crazy thing is I'll talk about a spirit that's there that they don't recognize. And I, I'm saying there's a fedora hat and there's Don Juan, there's tequila happening. And they're not, they're not going to go. I don't know. I didn't know that. I didn't know my mother's brother. I don't know if that's them. 24 hours later. Wow. Right. His daughter toasts a shot of tequila every year on his death, Don Juan, and he was buried in a fedora, a mm. suave fedora. And so there's these confirmations that happen right. about these spirits coming through. And and what I see happen for my clients when that happens is it's the same thing every time, Rabbi Icky. Their eyes pop out of their head. Yes. Their jaws drop. They go, you got to be fucking kidding me. Holy shit. And they have this moment where they go, this is real. Right. This is real. These energy entities. They're real. They're real. Right. And, and that is for people to have an experience where something that they weren't sure of, to have an experience of your mind opening. We talk about in that recovery, all that that is recovery mm-hmm. is to have that experience of being open to something 
uh, you know, everything you, th- you, what is it? The everything I think I don't know. Right. What's, right. what's that prayer? The set aside prayer. Yeah. Help me set aside everything I think I know and have a new experience. Hmm. I mean, if that's not fucking right. something to be so jazzed about, like, right. I don't know what is to watch other people have mind blowing experiences and open themselves up to things that they didn't know were possible for them or right. support they didn't know that they could have. That to me is, um, has been one of the most incredible insights. Amazing. You know, amazing. Well, we're about to sort of wrap up. I don't know if there's last thoughts or comments you want to share with our audience. Uh, I guess first and foremost, if people want to find you, where can they find you? Yes. Follow me on Instagram uh, at J Pearl girl, J P is in Peter E R L is in llama girl uh, at J Pearl girl. And I have a lot of messaging up there. I also have Reiki healings up there that mm-hmm. are accessible under my highlight reels. If you're wanting Reiki healings mm-hmm. and about moving forward, I'm going to aim for offering a free workshop either mm. once a month or once every other month, because I did that with interphase and it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, it's an opportunity for you to get a taste of working with me without fully investing financially. Mm-hmm. Cause I know it's a big investment and it's a vulnerable thing, money aside Absolutely. to make your, to open yourself up to working with someone like me. Um, you want to, to experience the connection and make sure you feel safe. So please Absolutely. find me on Instagram and, um, and, uh, um, you can, I do a lot of IG lives with my clients. There's information about me up there and how you can book with me is up there. You just go to the link on my bio and you will book an alignment call. Everyone, whether you're new or returning books an alignment call, that's the vibe check before we go into session together. Um, that's the ticket to the realm. Um, but what else to say? I can't thank you enough, Rabbi Iggy. Oh. I really am. It feels like very kismet to be connecting with you in this time. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm very grateful for this opportunity to talk to you and to, and to tap more into this community and, um, and to be more of service in that way. And um, I love and adore you. And I'm grateful for anyone who's listening. If anything I said scared you, come good. talk to me. Come talk to me. <laughs> I said good. That means I would say yes. I would say good. Cause that means if anything that you scared are, you or got you excited or got you feeling right. things. That means that means that you're on the path. That means there's yes. something, there's something Come to invest in. Come and talk to me. Absolutely. I would love to chat. Right. Jess, thank you so much. This has been really, really fascinating. And I, I uh, like you, I'm, I'm very grateful, grateful to have you on and to sort of to expose uh, people around us to, to this work. Um, I, I know that for some people, it doesn't always jive with Judaism, but like you said before, you know, uh, while I'm a very sort of like concrete scientific person, uh, one of the things I always say is uh, I got to leave room for magic. They got it right. There has to be room for things that I don't understand. So got to leave room for magic. Got to uh, leave so room today, for magic. Right. So you're my magic today. Jess, thank you again. Uh, everyone, thank you for joining us. Tattoos and Torah will be back here next week. If you have any questions or comments, you know how to find us. Thank you. Thank you.